Howigs! This week, I call out some chatty-ass fools sitting in row N of the Grove movie theater. Megan and Harry who? We're talking Ariana and Pete now. I bring back 60 seconds of scorched earth. I might be joining a cult, but I'm really liking it. I scratch an itch about the real thunder from Down Under. An actual breaking news. Where the fuck is Lil Tay? Ooh, I wonder. This is Wigs and Wise. You're a real bitch. You're a bitch. Cheers. I'm not about to start a conversation with a white man. Ava DuVernay, like... Wrinkle in time. I'm gonna, I have a feeling... I did a little burp, excuse me. Prince got in his limousine and tried to run over Michael Jackson, LaToya, and their mother. I'm not trying to take anything from Lady Bird. She became very involved in the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she did. I should be a lawyer. There was a... You're too boring, and you need to fire your fucking stylist. Okay. Very first was Jeff. If we have to sit through Dunkirk, like, you can sit through Lady Bird. And I like Dunkirk, but yeah. (laughs) Prince comes over with a big box, and he used to call Michael Jackson Camille. (laughs) I'm so apathetic to him. No, I guess I don't like him. So she made $4 million. That goes in the shell. Isn't isn't Quincy Jones bisexual? I'm sorry. It was Clive Davis. (laughs) And the day Clive Davis has touched a vagina. Do you want um, me to do it again? Yeah, I want you to do it again. Okay. Listen to Lindsay scream. <laughs> oh my God, it's so pretty scary. good. Have you watched it again? I don't have time for that. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but that is just the way that my body needs to work. So, mystery solved. Thanks, Thanks Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> this is Wigs and Weiss. No, I don't. I, I love you. I love Aww. my dogs. I Should love I my husband. the door with uh, I don't think anybody can hear it, but I'll close it. Chunk's in here. Chunk's joining us today. Are we on? Yeah. Oh. What do you think was well, that's happening? That's a great start. <laughs> I'm closing the door. <laughs> to our relationship. <laughs> um, why don't you actually see yourself on the outside of it when you close it? Oh. Hey, kitties. Hot wigs. She's it's me, Paul like- Cross, <laughs> and I'm the only one that hosts this podcast. Everybody just tuned out. Yeah, right. Everyone like, just, we come here for we're Lindsay's, double our Lindsay's <laughs> take on the world, <laughs> not Paul's. <laughs> yeah, right. She makes us feel better about the way that we prepare for our lives. Paul, yeah, that's true, actually. You probably do. Yeah, probably. Hi, Wigs. Hi, Wigs. Welcome to Wigs and Weiss. I have a hair that's bothering me. Welcome uh, to Wigs and Weiss. I'm Lindsay Harbert Silverman. I'm Paul Cross, And we are excited to be back this week. We always are, but this week feels especially necessary. Very necessary. Ooh. She's in her feelings. She's been in her feelings. Mm-hmm. But that's why she's here. She's here to vent and get it off her chest. Yes. And by she, he means he. But, but you not, do need to But talk also to me. Her. Yeah. I have some things to say. I'm not as fired up as you, I don't think, but I think that's because I spent the weekend in New Jersey just like basking in the glow of Josh's family and eating bagels. And being on Coney Island. It was the best. Is Coney Island an island? No. Why it's on Brooklyn. It? Why do they call it that? I don't know. Huh. So Josh's dad took us to Seagate, which is where he and Josh's mom grew up. Mm-hmm. And I've always heard about Seagate. It's a small little neighborhood on Brooklyn next to Coney Island. It's this little gated community 
that you have to know somebody to get into. Yeah. Magical. I've never heard of this. It's such an idyllic, wonderful, cool place. So we drove around there and then we walked around Coney Island. It was a lovely day. That's why you're not in your feelings for God's sake. I'm having, I'm still feeling pretty, pretty fucking chill. I will say that I'm in my feelings, but I did have a fantastic pride. That's great. Here I'm in Los Angeles, West Hollywood. I know someday you're going to have to Every come to Pride. single Pride, I'm out of town. Every year, we're like, do we need to go to Pride this year? And every year, the minute you step foot onto Santa Monica Boulevard and you see queens and freaks and weirdos everywhere in clothing that they oh, don't get to wear any other day of the year, you're just like, that's why I'm here. Yeah. It's so great. And... Uh, so happy Pride to everyone, no matter when your Pride Festival is. I hope you go. I hope you show out and be proud. Happy Pride. Yeah. Uh, it was also Indianapolis's Pride, and Donnie went. And, hey, Donnie. Um, had a good time. Um, well, shall I... Do you have any housekeeping, or I should just jump right in with my dirty jump Fallon joke? Jump right into that dirty Fallon joke. Well, here we go. Tonight. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, um, believe it or not, today is President Donald Trump's 72nd birthday. Is it really? Yes. Today? Well. When, oh, when, when we really... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Someday you'll catch that. Yeah. Um, so, so when he was in Singapore earlier this week, he was uh, presented with a cake covered in fruit. Uh, turns out when Trump blew out the candles, all the lights went out and I woke up in a cold sweat lying in my bed. I reached over and checked my phone and I saw a news update that Hillary Clinton passed an incredible piece of legislation protecting immigrant children from being separated from their parents in irrevocable perpetuity uh, because when he blew out the candles, he wished he was never president. This isn't our reality and this isn't happening, right? This isn't real, right? Right, Lindsay? I think Paul's losing his mind right now. That's my Dirty Fallon joke. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I couldn't pull it together this week because the world's still on fire. And no, Paul. There's just no Fallon jokes to make when it feels like this. But you know what? What? Fallon will always find a way because... He's a pro. Exactly. (laughs) He's a pro at making shit feel like it's not shit. Yep. Um, uh, Yeah. So, I mean... It'll be back next week, but I'm just, I'm in my feelings. You did a good job Thank with that cracking up as Fallon. But with that, I would love to pop my cork if you would like to pop your I cork. I can pop a cork. Pop it, bitch. Bitch. We are going to talk about Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande because even though the world's on fire, we can still talk about pop culture bullshit and two very (laughs) grounded individuals who are going to have a long and healthy and balanced marriage because they got engaged. Guys, Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live. And Ariana Grande of I'm picking it up. I'm picking it up. I'm picking it it up. I'm picking it up. Are engaged. Now, for those of you who are not following this timeline as closely as Paul and myself, let's just back that thing up a little bit. Did you did you use Vulture for this as well? I did. Thanks, Vulture. Vulture. Thank you, Vulture. We have to give credit where it's due. Yes. Vulture broke their timeline down beautifully. And we will regurgitate it here yeah. um, with our own commentary. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to say exact dates, but they've been dating for like 24 seconds. Oh, yeah. We can, we can safely say. 
Ariana and her longtime boyfriend, Mac Miller, announced that they split up about a month ago. Um, and they were together. I did not realize. I looked this up. Uh, they've been paired since 2012, where he wow. was writing songs for her, and they were official since 2016. So she... They were together for a while. Yeah, they were going... They had it. They were going steady, steady. Yeah. And Pete Davidson was with Cassie David, who mm-hmm. is Larry David's daughter. I did not know that. And he had a tattoo of her. On his arm. A tattoo of her face mm-hmm. on his arm. Face tattoos... Let's let's. I mean, if if you're a twenty something with a lot of money and you're in love and you want to get somebody's face tattooed on you, don't don't. <laughs> it's a bad idea. It's safe to say. Um. So they were uh, together until recently as well, and then about three weeks ago, no, about a month ago, they were spotted at an SNL after party. Well, she was spotted at an SNL after party. Like holding his phone case, mm-hmm, the little cloud case, the little cloud case, and then clouds. Popped up in all her emojis, and apparently she was obsessed with clouds back in the day. I this she is, was obsessed with cat ears, like I clouds too. She used to she used to post clouds a lot, guys. <laughs> we don't know either. But anyway, apparently Ariana was very into clouds for a period of her career, and then it's having fine. hooked up with Pete, got re obsessed with clouds and tweeted a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after they were rumored to be dating. And then <laughs> they flirted on Instagram back and forth for a couple weeks. And last week or the week before, he posted a picture of the two of them. Mm-hmm. Or wait, let's go back. There was also a cloud tattoo. Yeah, the cloud tattoo. That was May 20th. So May 20th, they got matching cloud tattoos. because on their fingers. He, yes, he has a cloud tattoo, there's nowhere else too. to tattoo his body, apparently. Apparently not. Yeah. Maybe his, his wiener, but you wouldn't be able to see it. Ouch. Um, so they got matching cloud tattoos. Then finally, because we were all begging for it, they posted an Instagram photo yeah. um, of the two of them in Harry Potter gear. And you know what? I'm on board with this. This part I am completely on board with. Before we missed one thing, right before all this happened, um, Mac Miller was arrested Mm. for a DUI and a hit and run. Yes, which is Mac is her former boyfriend. So that was that was kind of uh, and somebody this normal guy or normal seeming guy named Elijah Flint tweeted. he has 423 followers, meanwhile, so he's not like a person that Ariana should have found. But anyway, he tweeted, Mac Miller totaling his G-Wagon, getting a DUI after Ariana Grande dumped him for another dude after he poured his heart out on a 10-song album to her called The Divine Feminine is just the most heartbreaking thing happening in Hollywood. And she responded. She clapped back. Yes. Do you have it? I can find it. Um, and in the meantime, somebody else, I'm about to burp. <laughs> early for that. I know. It's iced coffee, too. It's not even like I'm having wine or anything bubbly. TMI. Um, so somebody else said that if she's going to be with Pete Davidson, she shouldn't be because he has a personality disorder, and anybody with a personality disorder cannot be in a like solid relationship. And he posted something on his Instagram. Um... Let me find it. We are so ready for this. I can't find the thing either. <laughs> but she clapped back. And she said, clapped back. Shut up. That's not the case. And it's, it, well, she basically <laughs> said that she supported him through his sobriety for many years and she's not going to be blamed for the actions of an ex-boyfriend. Yes. Um, Good job. 
and, which is completely valid. Like, yeah. obviously, this guy, you shouldn't... That's not Ariana's fault. No, you shouldn't get in your car, pissed drunk, do a hit and run, and then blame it because you're heartbroken. People get heartbroken every day, yes. and that doesn't happen. Yes. Um, and then Pete Davidson clapped back and said, normally I wouldn't comment on something like this because, like, fuck you. But I've been hearing a lot of people with BPD can't be in relationship talk. I just want to let you know that it's not true. Just because someone has a mental illness does not mean that they can't be happening in a relationship. I support that fully. Good for you, Pete. People with yeah. um, mental illness can 100% be in successful relationships. Do I think this is going to be a successful relationship? <laughs> I think maybe not, but it's not because of your mental illness. No, it has nothing. Well, no, it has nothing to do with that. I okay. So anyway, back on track. Back yeah, on the timeline. Back to the Hogwarts attire. So they, p- Pete posted a picture on Insta that said the Chamber of Secrets is now open. Which I think is dirty. No, I don't think it's dirty. Do you know what the Chamber of Secrets is? I know what the Chamber of Secrets is, <laughs> but I think it like it just sounds dirty to me when it's about their like relationship. It's They're like just her, saying that their secret is out now. Uh-huh. No, he's not talking about her <laughs> vagina. I want to believe that she is. Her Hogwarts. Ew. Oh. Sorry. Continue. So the Chamber of Secrets is now open. They're confirming their relationship. She's dressed as Slytherin. He's a Gryffindor. That's a scandalo. <laughs> Not really. You no, can totally not. be with the Slytherin. It's fine. <laughs> but um, just know the Slytherin a little bit longer than two and a half weeks. That's agreed. All. Agreed. So after that, they just went full bore. They're posting on each other's social media like crazy. They have their tongues out a lot, which I think is disgusting. I don't like it when people stick their tongues out in pictures. I just don't like it. That's interesting. I yeah, it really bothers me. Really? A lot. You must really struggle with Miley then. Or her former Miley. Yes, I did. I did. Um, I also struggle with FaceTiming with my nieces and nephews because that's all they do. Stick their drinks out? Yes. They think it's so funny. Huh. Uh, it drives me crazy. Anyway, they've been posting a l- Stop it. <laughs> He's sticking his tongue out at me. Um, <laughs> they've been posting on social media lots with their tongue sticking out. They're all in love. Fine. Be in love. That's great. What about more tattoos? There were more tattoos as well. Not only did Pete get Cassie's face covered up, he also got... Ariana's little bunny ears and her An initials. AG, yeah. AG. Um, On his thumb. Which, when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, Pete. Pump the brakes. Then I realized he had his ex-girlfriend's face on his <laughs> forearm. So those were actually pretty tasteful. Um, and then this weekend, after this weekend, they have not announced that they're engaged. No, but I read somewhere that there's a $93,000 engagement ring. Oh, I heard a hundred. Oh, well. Thousand. Uh, yeah, 93,000 is what I read. And I don't know if Pete has that kind of money to drop yet. Is he that popular? I mean, you make money on SNL. Yeah? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, if it's Ariana Grande, she can't be walking around rocking a cubic zirconia. Definitely not. That's a good drag name. Cubic Cubic zirconia. Zirconia. Ooh, I like her. (laughs) Um, so they're now reportedly engaged after dating for 24 seconds um, Cassie David responded, or at least it's like an ambiguous response um, of her it's drinking a glass of wine yeah. in Africa um, with the caption, came here a human, left a bottle of wine. <laughs> I like her. I do too. You know? Yeah. So anyway, that's the the rundown of Ariana and Pete's very short relationship that will lead to, I hope, the wedding. Of, I mean, move over, royal wedding. Am I right? Right. 
no, this is not going to happen. This is not, I'm going to say this will, this wedding will not even happen. That this engagement will be broken off by Labor Day, if not Ooh. 4th of July. It's too hot, too fast. Like, uh, well, I totally agree that it's too hot, too fast. But in my mind, too, they've rushed this so fast. Now I'm like, Ariana's already got that dress. They've got that venue booked. They're going to be walking down the aisle this summer. Because they got engaged in two days. <laughs> That's just for the fun of it. They're, mm. You think that the planning is something? Like, they're not planners. They, they go and they get tattoos and they buy rings and they stick their tongues out. You, but if you have enough money, you can also do a wedding in that fashion. I don't even think it's a question of money. I think it's a question of attention. And I don't think either of them have enough attention to throw this together. Yeah. And like, but we'll see. We should do a do high low wager. Happen? I think that they are going to get married. Yes. All right. You heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Locked and loaded. I say no. And I say engagement broken off by Labor Day. I say yes. And I say wedding by August. <laughs> Pregnant Ariande <laughs> by January. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> All right. What if I'm well, right, though? I know. What if? What if? We will keep. We will keep giving the people what they want, which is Ariana and Pete updates. Yeah, They're our new Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to talk first about something that should be in my wigs, and it is a wig, but it's nestled in my corks for a very specific reason. Do dish. I saw the feature film Hereditary this weekend. Okay, I wanted to know how you liked it. For me. Paul Martin Crose. Mm-hmm. It is an A. It is uh, challenging, terrifying, frustrating. Let us remind the children that he, Paul Martin Crose <laughs> also liked Mother. Yes, Just putting that out there. That's a great reminder right now. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um, it is a masterful performance by Tony Collette. Love her. She, uh, I read a review that said it's sort of a bookend to her maternal role in The Sixth Sense. And I mm-hmm. think that's a very in- interesting observation. Um, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible movie going experience and one that I will not forget anytime soon. Is it super spooky? It, like scary? It is scary. It's, it's unsettling scary. Is and it it's gory? Not, uh, is it gory? There are some gory moments, but okay. it's not, no, it's not, that's not a word I would think of. Okay. Um, Could you just tell us the gist of the story? But it is, it, Mother is much more polarizing, I think. Okay. I think Mother is one of those ones that I would be, I don't even think I did recommend it. I don't think, and Hereditary, I would recommend to a certain. The gist of the story, Rose. Portion of the population, which mm-hmm. brings me to why it's in my corks. Okay. Because the two assholes that sat behind me oh, no. felt inclined to narrate no. the final 40 minutes of the film. How long is it? It's probably a little over two hours. That's almost half the movie. And it's a very quiet ending to the movie. So you would hear things like, that's crazy. She should not do that. I think she's going to do it. I think she's crazy, though. Wow. What's he doing? Why are you talking in a movie, period? That first, okay? You don't come to movies and get to talk, period. Get out! Get out! And, like, that's it. We all know that. They put a warning at the front of the movies now, stop talking. That's got to stop. But on top of it, like, (laughs) why can't... Why 
can't you just watch it? Why can't you just experience what this is like without having to step outside of yourself and make sure that not only the person who has who is sitting next to you has to know what you're thinking, right. but the people, Nick fortunately did not hear them because they were whispering, which to me makes it even worse because I'm like, part of my brain is so like- So you know sh- it's wrong if you're whispering. And- I'm also of a mind now where I don't feel comfortable turning around anymore in movie theaters. Because they might have a gun. Yeah, that too. Um, But I think I could go on and on about the ins and outs of why you shouldn't talk in movies. More importantly, this. Horror as a genre is not for everyone. Mm -mm. Right? We all understand that at this point. Absolutely. You and I understand that. Some people seem to be confused by that because there are horror films like Scream like Friday the 13th, right. like Jaws, that are most likely for everyone because they're just super entertaining mm-hmm. horror movies and they follow a very specific type of storytelling. Right. Ev- people need to also... Und- I'm not drinking right now. Horror encapsulates so much more as a genre. Mm-hmm. There are horror films that in the second act can turn into something entirely different and turn on its ear and you are going to not know where it's going. If that idea bothers you in any way, shape, or form, stop going to horror movies. It's a genre that's not for you. Right. Or wait, read a review, and say, this is a mainstream horror film, in which case, go nuts. Right. Because a mainstream horror film, absolutely up your alley, two people sitting behind me, but I, I think it was Kumail who loved the film as well. Kumail Nanjiani. 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 Kumail Nanjiani, thank you. Uh, tweeted, Hereditary, A+. If you think this movie is not for you, do not see it. And he could not be more astute in his that, that alone. If you think any way, shape, or form, Hereditary might not be for you because of what you've seen in the trailers and the commercials. Mm-hmm. Stay the fuck away or watch it at home and laugh and rant and rave about how stupid it is that people acted a certain way or did something in the comfort of your fucking house. Here's the thing, Get too. out of my fucking theater. Here's the thing. If you are going to a horror movie to see humans always act logically, you're in the wrong fucking... Like, That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not for, like, this is a genre that is not for everyone. The things totally. people do in horror movies are not the things that you and I would do. The, my idea. I've also a, never had somebody chasing me or a demon chasing me. I might act like, act like a fucking idiot. I probably will. You would definitely act like an idiot. I with probably will. Me. You'd be like running back in the house, making a juice, <laughs> charging your cell phone. Like, hold on just dead. a minute. Dead as a doornail. I'm going to be Instagram. I'm going to post this on my story. So if you're if you're listening, people that sat behind the guy <laughs> in Hereditary that was gritting his teeth for the last 40 minutes of the movie. Don't go see it. You already did, though. So the this problem. message is... That's is, it. No, you're the problem. Okay. You're the problem. Remember when we did that? Yeah. I still do it once in a while. Yeah. You're the problem. You're the problem. Fuckers. Um, this is kind of in the same vein, okay. except I'm mad at the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen it yet. Shut up. Um, You're mad at a movie I haven't seen yet? Well, I'm mad at the trailer. Okay. So That's have, fair. have you seen the trailer for The Nun? No. So The Nun is from the same, I think the same people as The Conjuring and Annabelle. Oh, wait. Is it? Oh, all right. <laughs> I, it was posted on a website I frequent and I got super excited because it's like, make sure you watch until the end of the trailer. Okay. So I just think, holy shit, this is going to be... 
a new like I don't know they're yeah. they're they're if reinventing they the game that, of trailers. Yeah. This is gonna be like this is gonna make my my stomach jump into my cunt or whatever. Whoa, sorry, Whoa. sorry, parents or family that listen to What's this. What's the other thing you said that one time? Make your balls jump into your ass <laughs> <laughs> or knock your balls up your ass. <laughs> So stupid. So I got so excited. I watch it until the end. And guess what? what it was just clickbait. Nothing? There was a tiny little jump scare. Oh, that is. And I, I was like, wait, did I watch it to the end? It was a clickbait trailer. That's fucked this up. Ba- this fucking trailer clickbaited me, and now I don't even want to see the movie. And now you don't, you can't trust it ever again. Either. No. Now you, you're going to miss out on other trailers because they're going to say this now. Exactly. I'm be like, bitch, don't tell me what to do because I know you're just trying <laughs> to trick me. And it's not nice, and I don't appreciate it. So is it based on the nun character from Annabelle and The Conjuring? Probably. Okay. That it's like the prequel. No, no, no. Now I'm mad because I saw Annabelle, the Annabelle prequel. First of all, wait a minute. Annabelle. <laughs> I'm so mad. The Conjuring. Okay, we start with The Conjuring. Right. Then there was The Conjuring 2. In The Conjuring 2, I think that's where the nun showed up. Mm-hmm. Then we did Annabelle creation, and that's where I think the nun was there too with the doll. And Annabelle. And now we have to find out about the nun? Yeah. No. Yeah. Too far. Watch till the end. <laughs> not watching the beginning. No. So I'm certainly not watching till the end. I'm really mad at this movie. I got excited. I'm mad now too. The Conjuring wasn't even that good. The Conjuring was People fine. lost their minds about it. It was a great clap scene. The clap thing was good. Right. But it was in the trailer. Yeah. See, that's the thing too. I am now led to believe that this is the best fucking thing the nun has. Yeah. And if that's the case, fuck go fuck nun. yourself. Yeah, fuck that nun. I'm going to take my money elsewhere. <laughs> my $2. Wow. You guys listen to the end of this episode. Surprise! <laughs> Did it work? We'll find Brace out. Brace yourselves. Um, the end is going to really knock your balls up your ass. There you go. Um, do you want to hear a little bit about Billy McFarland? Yes. I saw the headline. <laughs> guys, I would like you to inform Guys, me. in case you don't remember... Billy McFarland is the guy who organized Fire Festival with the help of Ja Rule, and he is garbage. He also looks like the Property Brothers' brother who was like left in the attic for a long time. <laughs> he he looks like a sickly version of the Property Brothers. He he feels more fleshed out to me. Like his face is so big. To me, he just looks kind of just like gray. <laughs> like his insides are gray. <laughs> I think you might be projecting that into him because of what he does and is. No, I looked at his picture. I said, that looks like a sickly property brother, gray inside. He seems pretty like pleased with himself. So much so that the reason we're talking about him is that he's still awaiting sentencing for the fire festival. And he got arrested on Tuesday for new charges that he started a new sham sham ticket scheme, sold fraudulent tickets to a fashion, music and sporting events and who is still giving Billy McFarland their money? Seriously, <laughs> um, the, at this point, it's kind of your fault, guys. I know. He apparently he took over one hundred thousand dollars worth of money to various events that did not exist. Um, I don't know who still thinks you're going to get anything 
by buying stuff from Billy McFarland, but you should stop. You should stop doing that. Yeah, because he does not have anything to sell you. He's a con artist and a pathological liar, clearly. Yes. Clearly. Um, The only good news about Fire Festival is that Hulu is going to be debuting a six-part docuseries about the Fire Festival. That's very exciting. In 2019, and I will be there for every episode. Same. I will get my popcorn out and get a munchin. I just hope... I want... I could watch raw footage mm-hmm. of just what those people must have been going oh through God. on that island. Well, they must have <laughs> the, probably like people's cell phone footage and stuff they from must. the island. Oh, I bet. And actually, that's a really nice way to give them back. I wonder like if, if they were able to acquire footage, maybe people got like a 5, little. 10K for yeah. some of their footage. Yeah. But yeah, Billy McFarland, go to jail. I stand by my statement. Yeah. Um, his most recent photo, Show he's me. lost some, some weight. Oh, he has? That looks like oh, a gray yeah, property cool. brother. But there is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And this, like, this guy it's is just puffy. a fucking... Puffy and... He went from a puffy property brother to one left in the attic for a long time. <laughs> That's what uh, a prison sentence... I guess so. Awaiting a prison sentence will do to you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't eat as much and you don't see as much sun. Nope. Um, oh God, I've been getting so many fucking robocalls. I'm so... The robocalls are out of control, especially of people control. texting me to vote for them, too. Oh, I haven't been getting any of those as much, but Deerfield, Florida has called me three times today. That's all. Um, so I want to talk about the bullshit that's going on with Heathers. Oh, yeah. So um, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast. I worked on the show Heathers. I was the script coordinator for that show. And um, Paramount TV, formerly Spike TV, had put into production a, you know, a revamped Heathers. I think it's very good. Uh Paramount also thinks it's this very good. It's a TV good. series, it's by a the TV way. It's a TV series. Based on the feature Yes, film it's a 10-episode, 10, 10 hour-long TV series. And uh, they believed in it so much that they already started a writer's room for season two. Um, and then it was announced last week, or the week before, actually, that they are just never going to air it. The whole, all of Heather's, the series? They're not airing it at all. Oh, my God. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So they are not going to air it because they don't feel comfortable. They they said that they feel like they'd be talking out of both sides of their mouth because it is a violent show set in a high school the same way that the movie was a violent movie set in a high school. Mm-hmm. And because of, obviously, all the violence that goes on in our schools and how outspoken they've been about gun control, they don't feel like they don't feel comfortable about airing it. And I understand that. But here's the thing. School shootings have been happening since I was in middle school. I'm now 32 years old. That's a lot of time, like 20 years, guys. You developed the show, paid for the show, produced the show, and then were shocked when two school shootings happened? Like, something's not connecting to me. And having been in the writer's room, I would imagine they wrote this show with some sensitivity to what's going on. Yeah, but also it's a satire. Right. So to me, because of... Is it a sensitive satire? No, it is not a sensitive satire. Okay. Um, But it speaks very much to like arming teachers and that kind of ridiculousness that was happening, especially after Parkland. And to me, that's the kind of commentary, if you want to make a statement, 
That's the way to do it. Yeah. You know, be shocking. Be controversial. And we're not allowed to have a normal conversation about it. No. Because it's always too soon. Exactly. Um, so if we're not allowed to have a normal conversation about it or a, product, a constructive conversation about it, maybe the next best thing is an insensitive conversation about it. Just yeah. to get people, even if you're arguing. If you're not offended by children being slaughtered in schools... Maybe you should be offended by a show satirizing the fact that you're doing nothing about it. Right. And that's probably what they're most scared of is that like it's going to ignite a conversation that they don't, as a television network, want to be part of. Right. Because they have to sell to Wheaties and Nabisco. Yeah. And so they're trying to find another home. Nabisco is also a great drag name. Oh. But I think it should be like (laughs) Like Nabisco. (laughs) Nabisco. Sorry, get back on track. Nabisco. It's going to be the new name of this. What's what, like Lindsay and Paul's list of good drag names? Nabisco. Nabisco. Um, so anyway, it's not only because it was a job that I could have had that I am, I'm aggravated that it's not being aired. It's because I think that satirizing the serious shit that's happening should happen. I think I'm on board with you. Yeah. So anyway, it might find another home. If it does, I'll let you guys know. You can watch it. Did the first episode go live? Didn't was it, it was put on iTunes is and then down? was taken down. off? Yeah, yeah. And it, I want yeah. So you're saying maybe Netflix? Is there anyone else? I mean, there should be like Amazon, maybe. Or yeah, I think it would be a streaming service, like a premium service that would uh, have the balls to mm-hmm. put it out there. Yeah, because even if it, like I said, if it's going to elicit a response, even if the response is one that's tough to handle, as long as it's not. No, I can't talk about it. I haven't seen it. That's what that's the problem. Can't talk about something I haven't seen. That's the problem. I'm not Ben Shapiro. Remember? Right. When you oh, talked that about Black guy. Panther without seeing it? I haven't seen it, but anyway. But anyway. Wakanda's not real. All right. Well, um I do wanna say like I don't wanna say, but I do wanna say that I'm very sad about Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. I know, me too. And I don't really have much to say in that regard that hasn't already been said, but I do think it's important as blah, like we need to talk about depression and we have to talk about mental health as a country, as a people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to talk about it as though it's cancer. We need to address Absolutely. it as though, not as though, as a disease. Mm-hmm. It is a disease. We need telethons for it. We need people sharing their stories, communicating how it feels to be on the inside of a cage you cannot get out of and you cannot see your way out of because there is help. And um, I give People Magazine big time credit this week. They posted uh, their cover for the week. Uh, it was either, it's, I think it's this week's uh, issue, is our pictures of Kate and Anthony and the uh, suicide hotline uh, phone number is at the very top of oh, the byline of the cover. Yeah, that's Which great. is great. And it's... <sighs> It's just something we got to keep talking about. There's no easy answer. It's not comfortable. Yeah. But just know that if you have a friend that seems like they're struggling, if you are struggling, connect. Find each other and, um, and get help because this is not the way to solve it. And it makes no. me very sad. It's very sad. And on that note, I have a 60 seconds of scorched earth. Here we go. Because, you know, sometimes rage works. You want me to start? Yeah, let's. Why don't you time me and see what happens? <coughs> oh God! I'm ready. Let me get my she time. ready. She ready. She ready. I'm gonna go way over, but it's fine. Sixty seconds of scorched earth. 
What a week. Donald Trump made a movie trailer so that he could become friends with a sociopathic dictator. Post-summit, Trump called King Jong-un strong, funny, smart, and a great negotiator to Sean Hannity because daddy wanted to hear how well the day went. Gold stars all around. Trump also tweeted, the world has taken a big step back from potential nuclear catastrophe. No more rocket launches, nuclear testing or research. The hostages are back home with their families. Thank you to Chairman Kim. Our day together was historic. I did it! Did he say all of this with his dick in his mouth or not? Because it seems like a hard pill to swallow. Back to business as usual for North Korea, because now they might not bomb us. And just in case you haven't read the 2014 United Nations report, which examined North Korea in depth, and that includes you, President Trump, that means business in the form of murder, enslavement, torture, imprisonment, rape, forced abortions, and other forms of sexual violence, persecution on political, religious, racial, and gender grounds, the forcible transfer of populations, the enforced disappearance of persons, some of whom are in your bloodline, and the act of knowingly causing prolonged starvation to the entire population of your own people, which is the Trump presidency and those who support it in general. If it doesn't affect me, it doesn't matter. And why would it? Well, here's one of the other things that aren't great about North Korea that probably most of Trump's most avid supporters don't fucking know. And something tells me would bother them if they did. In North Korea, there's one particular religion that they're not crazy about. Can you guess which one? Christianity? Christianity is considered a particularly serious threat because it provides a platform for social and political organization and interaction outside the realm of the state, according to the United Nations report. Christians are barred from practicing their religion, and those caught doing so are subject to severe punishments, the report found. So here we are, yet again, explaining the most basic proofs of our idiot stick president's profound contradictions to those who continue to follow blindly into the abyss, taking us down with them. So I won't. Instead, I'll lean into my most heartfelt determination to will something more important into existence. That being a world where Eureka O'Hara somehow does not win the crown on this season <laughs> of RuPaul's Drag Race. Ay, ay, ay. Go back to Univision. End. That was actually 60 seconds. Yeah, right. <laughs> Two minutes and 23 seconds. <laughs> Guys. Oy. It's not okay. It's They're not, not okay. They're not an okay country. And President Trump thinks he won just because he gave up on all the things that we've been trying to stop that country from doing for years. So job well done. Good job, Trump. You fucking dipshit. But I agree with you about Yuriko O'Hare, for sure. O'Hara. O'Hara. It's funny that there's two O'Haras in the final four and... They are not related. And nor do I think they like each other very much. I would agree with you there. Um, So that's that. I also have something a little more fun. I can't (laughs) wait. I told Lindsay, I texted her, I was like, Lindsay, I got a little dark this week and I can't help it because it's dark. Listen, we balanced balanced the darkness with Pete and Ariana. Yeah. And that's... What matters most? And people have told me before that I can be political once in a while and it's okay. Yeah. My friend Gina told me that. She said, girl, we FaceTime one time. She's like, I know you think you shouldn't, but sometimes it's okay. So this is my sometimes week. Sometimes I'm dark. Sometimes I'm light. Sometimes I'm... You don't know that song? I don't know that song. I am leaving. Is it Indigo Girls? Are you for serious? Who is it? I don't know that song. Who is it? It's Britney, bitch. It's Britney Jean Spears. Oh, I, it's not like I know her whole catalog. I Since don't. when were you such a 
Britney such a Spears, Britney Spears, early it. career. I was like, I saw her very first tour. Oh wait, sometimes I, I run, run. I just switched the words I on her. But I thought you got well, that. That was the confusing part. Well, I changed one word and I sang it just like her. No, you said sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm scared of you. No, you said sometimes I'm dark. Sometimes, sometimes I'm light. Because I changed sometimes the words run, to address what I Sometimes I hide. Those are two words that you changed, not one. <laughs> So First good. fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're bringing back all the catchphrases. Seriously. Oh, the stands now. You stands now. All right. Now. Pop culture, it's scratch time, guys. Pop culture, it's scratch. Hopefully it's not that fucking Britney Spears song. <laughs> <laughs> it might be next week, bitch. <laughs> all right. So, guys, today, or actually this week, is the 20th anniversary of Crocodile Dundee Part 2. Oh, not even part one. Are huh? you familiar with the Crocodile Dundee franchise? I am. Okay, good, because you can help me fill in some blanks here. I'm not that familiar with it, but <laughs> um, this is a non sequitur, but kind of not. Do you think it's a sequitur? Then. It's a sequitur. Do you think that the Australian people use the slang "bloomin'"? Huh. Bloomin'. I don't. I I don't know. I have never heard that used before. Because I had a conversation with my husband and his brother. Oh, the Bloomin' Onion? Yes. The Bloomin' Onion. Yeah. I it's, know of it at Outback, now that right. you say that. But yes. I don't know if it's a phrase that... It is. is I, it? I looked it up. Okay. But I found it only on one website. Her eyes are a little shifty right now, which <laughs> means she doesn't know if she's right. I found it on a website, so... Can't look at me. <laughs> was it the Outback Steakhouse website? It was not. <laughs> but I was like, it's clever because it's like a double whammy because the onion is bloomin' and they use the word bloomin'. Did they specify what bloomin' means in that vernacular? Like, does no, it mean but like, well, then... Mm. Wait, wait, Outback's going to explain their naming of their No, appetizers? the Australian, wherever you oh, found Oh, yeah, it's one? like bloody. It means bloody. Yeah. Okay. You well, know, then, no, well, like like bloody hell. Well, bloody, that's that's an offensive term to the Brits, isn't it? Bloody. Like, it's like a... It's not offensive. It's just like, ah, oh, shit, or whatever. Is that how you would describe the onion if you were the Outback Steakhouse? It's like... Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? Okay. This is going off the rails right, too so much. So let's talk about... Cro- <laughs> I want to start with Crocodile Dundee 1. What was the inspiration behind this itch scratch? I was looking for an anniversary. Oh, okay. 20 years. And this was really... I found a few anniversaries of things that were like close enough. Like it's actually the 20-year anniversary of... The boy is mine. Oh, and Sex in the City. Not very interesting, the story of the boy is mine. No? <laughs> nope, but Crocodile Dundee 2. <laughs> Wait for it, you guys. So the original came out in 1986. And if you're not familiar with the Crocodile Dundee first film, I'm going to run through the plot with you. And this will get somewhere, I promise. So if you're interested in seeing uh, any of the Crocodile Fran- Dundee franchise, you might want to stop listening because I'm about to spoil it all. So Crocodile Dundee was based on the true life exploits of a man named Rod Ansel. And it was made for... Um, Rod. 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 Rod Ansel. We're going to offend all our Australian listeners. I think that was really good. <laughs> it was made for under $10 million. And it was made specifically because it was an attempt to make a commercial Australian film that would appeal to a mainstream American audience. Little did they know, it would be a worldwide phenomenon. It worked. Because it made 300 and, I'm not doing that. It made $328 million worldwide. Jesus. And was the second highest grossing movie of that year. This That's is still just Crocodile Dundee 1. Crazy. Um, 
there's like six things that happen in this movie. It is the most simplistic plot that's like ever been made in a mm-hmm. movie before. It's based around this journalist named Sue Charlton. Um, and she goes to Australia chasing a story about this real life uh, alligator ch- or crocodile hunter um, and goes there, meets him, kind of falls for him. And uh, he... Uh, she, she, she brings him back to New York and then back in New York, they have a fight and like they have a little disagreement because she's about to marry her, uh, Uh-oh. her boyfriend at the time. Well, why the frick did she bring him back to New York if she was going to get married? That's a good, we should see the movie and find out. But I guess so. he found that to be the case as well. He storms out without her and she realizes she's made a mistake. She tracks him down. And then there's this very iconic scene in a subway station where he sees her across like a mass of people in the subway station and wants to get to her. And the only way he can do so is to walk over all of their heads. Like he stands up on top of like the crowd and just, if you watch it, he's like, some people are putting their hands up to put like their, put your foot here. And then something, he just steps on their head and keeps walking. That's the weirdest (laughs) thing I've ever heard. He's kind of a dick. Um, but uh, anyway, that's the plot of the movie. That's it. And he makes it to Sue, I'm assuming. He makes it back to her, and then we venture into Crocodile Dundee 2, which is what we're here to discuss. Okay. It was released 20 years ago this week, and it opened to $24 million, which was the highest opening weekend of 1998. Why does anybody care about this? I know. And it proceeded to make $239 million worldwide. Crocodile Dundee 2. Jesus. And it was over 10 years after the first one. Yep. Um, People love Crocodile Dundee. And the reason I buzz through that plot of Crocodile Dundee is because you guys have to hear the plot of Crocodile Dundee part two. Oh, yes, please. Because I find that in entertainment, we tend to overthink things sometimes. Absolutely. Was well, that the case with Crocodile Dundee too? They sure did. Okay. I'm going to buzz right past the fact that Sue is taken hostage within the first 30 minutes of the movie by drug dealers. So it's taken, <laughs> but with crocodiles. Exactly. Um, and he decides that he is going to, he, he, he gets her back from the kidnapping, but they're still after her because she knows something. She's a journalist. She's, she knows information she shouldn't know. Okay. So Crocodile Dundee's plan is I'm going to bring you to Australia where they won't be able to catch you. Okay. And they come and they follow him to Australia. So now from this point on, I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as possible, but it's important. Okay. Rico, who is one of the uh, terrorists, and or sorry, drug dealers. That was, I mean, drug, drug dealers are not terrorists, you guys. All right. So <laughs> Rico. Just to clarify, we don't want to offend any drug dealers out there. Rico and his men track their quarry to Australia, where they hire some local thugs to assist them. But their aboriginal tracker abandons them when he hears that their quarry is Mick. The gangsters then take. Wait, what's a quarry? Uh, they're fined, I guess, or okay. they're, they're, um, they're target. Okay. Sure. I mean, I think a quarry is actually a pile of rocks usually, so I don't know what that is. Maybe it's an Australian thing. Anyway. Bloody, no, blooming right. Blooming quarry. Yeah. The gangsters then take Mick's friend Walter as a hostage, but Mick saves his friend by faking an attempt on Walter's life. Walter convinces the gangsters that Mick's failed attack was due to Walter being the only person suitable to guide them, so they take him as a replacement tracker. He then leads the gangsters on a false trail through the Outback Territory, during which Mick, with the help of his aboriginal friends, manages to reduce the opposition's numbers one by one, leaving the rest increasingly nervous. Is Mick Crocodile Dundee? Okay. Yeah, it's his first name, I think. In the end, he retrieves Walter from Rico and Miguel, leaving the latter to face him alone. 
If that's not enough, tired of chasing Dundee, Rico sets a bushfire to corner Mick, but Mick regains the upper hand, captures Rico, and switches clothes with him in order to lure Miguel into a vulnerable position. Sue and Walter, observing them from a distance, mistake Mick for Rico and take shots at him. (sighs) Walter shoots Mick, though not fatally, and Rico tries to escape, but is shot by Miguel, who mistakes him for Mick. Rico loses his balance and falls to his death in a ravine. Miguel is in turn shot and killed by Sue. Though thinking at first that Mick is dead, they soon reunite with him. Walter's bullet had only hit Mick in the side, and Sue and Mick embrace. When Mick asks her whether she is ready to go home, Sue replies, I am home, concluding the film. So, so wait, wait. <laughs> Be like this whole war with some drug lords or whatever made you feel so at home that yeah, very you want to stay? <laughs> well, <coughs> it's a th- it's a running theme throughout all the Crocodile Dundee movies that she just needs to be rescued at all times. Well, of course, but, most women do. I mean, obviously, clearly, clearly. But yes, that is the the end point of Crocodile Dundee too. Now. The New York Times said it best, I believe. Janet Maslin, she came out and she said, Crocodile Dundee, Crocodile Dundee 2, which opens today at Lowe's Astor Plaza and other theaters, is noticeably longer than the first film, and it's enjoyably, and it's less enjoyably lazy. The plot, and that's the main trouble with Crocodile Dundee 2, it has one. <laughs> In summation, girls, when you make a sequel, leave well enough alone, right? Yeah. I feel like it's it sh- a... It should have just been them walking across the ocean on people's heads to get to Australia. That should have been the whole fucking movie. <laughs> Walk on people's heads from the United States to Australia. Done. Done. Give me my millions of dollars. Because ultimately, when you've done something right once... Why would you go, you know what we need to do next? We need to complicate it. Mm-hmm. This, is a th- this is a thing, Hollywood. Listen up. Listen up, you Hollywood <laughs> elite. I mean, the Mission Impossible movies are great, but every single one I see, I'm like, who with the what? And they did what with the what the right. hell? Ready Player One. Poor Steven Spielberg having... Did you see it? I, can't I did. Remember. And I, if you were to task me with telling you three solid things that happened in that movie... Like, plot-wise, not just, like, the Shining scene was great. I was just going to say, they were in the Shining. No, no, not fair. Like, that Zemeckis rewind thing or something else. Zemeckis cube. Sure. How did that work? I'd be like, who do you think I am? I can't keep track of where my keys are, where my phone is, and where my glasses are at any particular time. And all I'm saying is this. If you have something that worked right once, yes. leave it alone. Yes. Sex in the City, I'm talking to you. Oh. Like, and don't give us three. We don't want three. No, we don't want three because you already fucked up two. So it turns out, and this is how, what usually happens with my itch scratches, is that when I find them, they're relevant again. There's a new Dundee movie that has been announced. Now, also, don't, I, I, I made an error here. There was Crocodile Dundee in L.A. There was a third... There have been so many accidents on this road. <laughs> I don't know if you guys. Can I think hear people that. were just shocked that there was a third crocodile yeah. Dundee. What did you say? Um, it was also. I read the plot sum- summary of it. We're not going to do that here because you just trust me. It was also too confusing. And also, don't do the LA thing. You no. already did the New York thing. Yeah. So what you should have done with Crocodile Dundee three is put him in a red state where he thinks he's the tough guy, and then he finds out actually there's tougher people in America, and then they learn lessons from each other. Right. That's a good third movie. Whatever. Water Under the Bridge. There's a fourth Dundee movie coming out called The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. And it isn't a sequel, but Paul Hogan is playing himself on the brink of receiving knighthood for services to comedy. Wait. Yeah. And his manager tells him, don't do anything to mess this up. 
However, despite all his best efforts, the next six weeks sees his name and reputation destroyed. Paul. No. This is what we're saying. Like, you're 78 years old. He's 78? He's 78. Holy mackerel. It's why, time- why do you want to do this? If you're going to, like... If you're going to do it, just like be Crocodile Dundee, walk around, make some jokes. Yeah. Maybe go to Outback. Yeah. Get a Bloomin' Onion. Just be chill and make a nice little soft movie about yeah. being Crocodile Dundee. D- like pass on the, the Dundee. What is this? The very Mister, the very excellent Mr. Dundee and you're playing Yourself? Paul Hogan? The last thing I'll say about him is that um, he did marry the woman who played Sue? Um, Sue in the first film. They fell in love on the set. Are they still together? They are unfortunately not. Aww. They had a 23-year marriage that Good ended in 2013. They have one son together. Okay. Well, that's... Named Chance. Okay. Yeah. Her, Good for her name was Linda Kozlowski, and she's very, very pretty. Yeah? Yeah. I'll have to Google her on yeah, the internet. Yeah, that's just something to look at. She's not... She didn't age fantastic, but she's very pretty in the Crocodile Dundee movie. <laughs> it does age well, honestly. So I hope you enjoyed that itch scratch. And that itch scratch comes with a lesson, you guys. Leave well, well enough, enough alone. alone. Or if you're going to keep going, keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Walk on some heads and call it a day. Thank you. Um, I have to admit something that I was reminded of when you brought up the Zemeckis Cube from yeah. Ready Player One. Yeah. Uh, I've been reading a lot of scripts lately, and um, I wanted to read the before series that Richard Linklater did before oh, yeah. sunrise, after yeah. or before sunset, and after midnight. No, before <laughs> I think midnight. That's an Eric song. <laughs> it is. I can't remember the third one, but he's done three, and everybody loves them. Yeah, they're great. Um, I wanted to read them, and as I was searching for the scripts, which, by the way, if you ever need to find a script, get on that Reddit subreddit for screenwriting. Yeah, you can find pretty much anything. Good to know. Yeah, it's hot great. tip. Hot tip. Uh, as I'm, I'm going through all sorts of scripts and that kind of thing. I realize what you do that this whole time. Yeah, this whole time. I yeah. I thought Richard Linklater and oh, Robert Zemeckis were the same person. I don't know how my brain did it, but I was like, God, Robert Zemeckis is like so young and he's done um, movies like Boyhood and Back to the Future. Wow. That is... Oof. Because they both made a shit ton of movies, Lindsay. Like, that I is, know. That is, a, that is like honestly attributing... Probably 80 movies to one person. I know. <laughs> I realized that after looking at their individual IMDBs because they're two different people. Zemeckis. And Linklater. Don't even sound remotely alike. I don't. But you know what? I said it to Josh and he was like, for some reason, I get it. It was. I, I, it and his was, name's Richard, right? Yeah. Robert Zemeckis and Richard Linklater. Ooh, so that's a two different first names, too. Uh-huh. Oh, no. It's crazy. <laughs> It's one of the craziest things my brain has done inside of my head. Mm. Seriously. Well, it's on a list of... Let's make a top five because Kesh is on there and so is uh, uh, Casey Musgraves. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I Guys, there's something wrong with my brain. We'll, we'll find out later and I'll let you know. <laughs> um, but it was... It, that was a shocker. <laughs> anyway, that's... All I have to say about that. <laughs> Moving um, on.org. Should we flip our wigs? Let's flip our wigs. Okay. It's time to flip your wig. Can I start? Please do. 
So everybody knows that I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I spoke with this astrologer named Michelle Prentice at the beginning of the year because I just wanted to get my chart read. Uh-huh. Um, and she's great. And if you ever need an astrologer, guys, I'll give you her information. She's wonderful. That is not my flipped wig. My flipped wig is she recommended The Artist Way to me by Julie Cameron. Have you ever heard of this book? Nope. It was released in 1978. So it's been around for fucking ever. My birth year. Oh, that's right. I should touch on it for as I approach 4-0. Tell me about The Artist's Way. It basically is a course within a book. So the writer Julie talks about how she believes that within ourselves we all have a creative spirit. Yes. And the reason that more of us don't take a um, a creative path in our lives is because it's basically beaten out of us from childhood to adulthood to say it's not logical, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't do that, you're never going to make money, all this stuff. And so it's essentially a a tool to use in order to kind of reawaken the child within you and become playful in life again. I'm in. It's amazing. Um, The only thing that is a little bit of a a difficulty for me is she does speak of God in it. I knew you were going to... It felt culty. But she says... Cult adjacent. Cult adjacent. It is... It does... In that respect, it does. But she says it can... That can be anything to you. It can be your intuition. It can be a higher power that you see fit. It can be whatever, a goddess, whatever. But if you need one, come on <laughs> Come in. on over. I got, give me $200 and I'll give you a great one. No, I'm sure she's... I mean, it's been around since 1978 and I don't think anybody's ever said, this is a cult, you shouldn't do it. Have you Googled um, that? The Artist mm. Way cult? Let's just... Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm feeling attacked right now. <laughs> um, but basically, I've started doing three. In the t- this morning is the first morning I did it. It doesn't come up. It's not a thing. Yeah. It's not there a we go. Except the third thing is anybody else find the artist way kind of creepy from wet canvas. Fuck off wet canvas. What do you know? Yeah, says the guy who just made sure it wasn't a cult. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just inquisitive. (laughs) Uh, So in the morning I've been doing, and by been doing, I mean this morning I did, you write three pages of longhand of just like, not like stream of consciousness. I love that. I've done that before and it's really, it is good, a great exercise to just write with no Yeah, and then she talks about taking yourself on an artist's date, which could just be, Walking through a garden or going to the beach. And I feel like you just did that, actually. The Buddhist temple. Yeah, yeah, actually. So it's all well on your way. It's just a bunch of exercises, and I like it. Good for you. I'm totally on board. You know, I just like to, I'm a little bit feeling very attacked. No, no, I just want to make sure you don't join a cult. That's all. If anybody's going to join a cult, it's going to be Josh. Really? More than you? Yes. Yes. I don't buy that. He, yes, I, I stand by that. Okay. You, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll discuss that offline. If you guys want a bonus episode, it's who's going to be in a cult Who's going to join Lindsay a cult? Josh? I don't think I would. Maybe I would. Well, I will tell you the cult I'm ready to jump into. Hmm. The cult of killing Eve on BBC. Oh yes. I haven't America. watched it yet. If you guys have not yet started Killing Eve, I'm behind on this one. It's been talked about for months, but um, the full series, if you if you want a, something to binge, all eight episodes are up on BBC America. Oh, it's only eight? It's only eight. Is it an hour? It's an hour. Okay. It is absolutely brilliant. It is so entertaining. Um, if you haven't heard of it, it stars Sandra Oh 
And uh, she plays an MI6 agent who kind of stumbles upon a uh, assassin, a female assassin, mm-hmm. and starts to track this assassin. But it becomes very evident that the assassin may be tracking her as well. And that's all I'll say Ooh, about that. It is, that's the twist. It's outstanding. It is complex without being too complicated, which I can appreciate. Um, and it's also incredibly funny. Um, there's some lines, there's Amazing. like one or two lines per episode that make me laugh out loud and very little makes me laugh out loud anymore, mm-hmm. with the exception of my John Mulaney special a few weeks ago. So I find it uh, a breeze to watch. I know some of these shows right now, we I, 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 we need to talk about Handmaid's Tale at some point. I can't get back into it because I'm just like it's a hard so watch. bummed out watching it. So if you need another light sort of, but still smart yeah. series in your life, Killing Eve, BBC America. Awesome. Um, so the news dropped today that Comedy Central ordered a reductress late night show pilot. Do you remember I, what the reductress is? I don't is? remember the reductress. It's basically uh, a women's women's issues version of The Onion. So it's a satirical oh. website about the bullshit that goes along with being a woman. It's very funny. It's not run by the Onion people, is it? It is not. Okay. Um, but they'll the show will tackle women's issues in a satirical tone. Um, I can't. Abby, I can't remember. Uh, an old, uh, a former SNL um, cast member is going to be the host. I'm completely in. I can't wait. I hope it gets picked up. It hasn't been picked up to series yet, but it has been picked up to pilot. Awesome. Yeah. It's a show you should be writing on. Maybe. No? Um, mm, I don't know. Something about late night shows I don't think I'm the best at. Huh. I see you differently. Thank you. I see you. Um, <clears throat> my next wig goes out to... Yeah, I'm going to do this. I am fully on board and embracing my love for Camila Cabello. Okay. It took a little while to get there. Mm-hmm. For those of you who do not know Camila, uh, she was a member of Fifth Harmony. I think I've talked about her maybe once or twice on the show. Yes. But I'm like, I want to like her, but I'm not sure if I do yet. Um, she was a member of Fifth Harmony... She was she the first to leave. She was the first to leave, and then they and then got then all the mad first, about it. Yeah, and they okay. threw her off the stage of the VMAs and all that. Um, she is the cover story for Rolling Stone this wow. month, or however often Rolling Stone is published. And it's a great feature article. I don't want to spoil too much because it's a lovely article, but you're probably not going to read it, so I'm going to spoil a little bit. Yeah. Um, she um, first off, the article says that there's a website called Genius, which I've not heard of, but I want to look more into that. It annotates uh, lyrics, so it like will sort of identify a song right. like who sings what. And 45 percent of the lines in Fifth Harmony songs were sung by her. Wow! So no wonder they were to, yeah. mad when she left. Yeah, uh, she eventually she eventually ended up having more Instagram followers than her group did. Lindsay just dribbled. That was too much for her. Yeah, can't handle it. Um, She writes a lot of her own music as well, which Uh is also impressive. And what are some of her songs? Like Havana Unana. Okay, that's all I need to say. Um, She backing up. Some people might not also know this. I think I've told you this already, maybe even on this. Mm -hmm. But she was found through the X Factor series, which was the show that Simon Cowell did after American Idol. She did not make the series, and then Simon Cowell went back and was like. I'm going to make you guys a one... A group. One direction. Okay. <laughs> a group. Yes. But remember, I was going to say one dimension. Remember that right. whole thing? Yeah. They, he did this in the UK. He made One Direction by bringing five of the other contestants together. He did it here with Fifth Harmony. That's how she became in Fifth Harmony and became a star. But she writes her own music. 
Um, she uh, wrote her last album over a four-year period while she was still in um, Fifth Harmony. Wow. And her debut album has hit a billion streams in Holy under a month. Holy shit. Which is massive. That's insane. In 2016, she tweeted, don't vote for Trump. So we love that. We love that. Um, And in January, she topped the album and singles chart at the exact same time and was the first solo artist to do this since Beyonce in 2003. And Rolling Stone attributes it to the fact that she appeals to tweens, moms, and their grandmoms. Um, She talks a lot about the breakup with um, Fifth Harmony. It sounds like they totally dogged her and... She, they tweeted that after four and a half years of being together, we have been, we have been informed via her representatives that Camila has decided to leave Fifth Harmony. The hitch, she didn't know they were sending that tweet. So however it went down, she was totally blindsided by the fact that she like, was out of the group by a tweet. So they essentially broke up with her by saying that she broke up with them. I'm sure they could argue something very different. Right. But I'm on her side and I just want to say that. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if she's saying 45% of the lyrics, yeah. they're like, what and the fuck are we going to do? And she's writing her own stuff. Yeah. And she wants to kind of go out there. They probably saw that. They And she had recorded one song on her own and they did not like that. And so they probably cut her loose. Um, and even getting Havana on the radio was a uh, struggle. She said nobody wanted to make it a single. They said that radio would never play it, that it was too slow, too chill. But she pushed back, and it went on to top the charts in 23 countries. She says, quote, it taught me a huge lesson. Screw whatever's going to work. You just have to go with the thing that you feel is the most you. Love it. She also, last thing on her, is that she is an immigrant story. Her mother, Estrabao, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, was an architect in Cuba and ended up working at Marshalls in the United States. Wow. So a reminder that immigrants are probably smarter than us and we need to make sure that they are not separated from their children because they might be Camila Cabello. Yes. (laughs) And they shouldn't be separated from their children. Yes. Uh, That reminds me, there was a great Humans of New York uh, that they posted on their Instagram of an immigrant from Africa, a small village in Africa. He was studying to be a doctor there. He found out he was getting a visa to come to the United States via lottery. Didn't even know he had been entered. His brother had put his information in. Found out all of his credits that he had gotten to be a doctor in Africa were not going to transfer to the United States. And he didn't speak English. But he was like, I know that if I can be a doctor here, that will be better for me in the long term. So he fucking moved here, learned Come to speak on. English through talking to his nieces and nephews and on YouTube. Fuck. And has is two classes away from finishing his bachelor's degree. He's been working at night while he's going to school. Um, and he's been working at like a mental health f- facility as um, a counselor in the meantime. I mean, fuck Donald and Trump. He, and he's like, my friends home are all becoming doctors before me, but I know I just have to keep my eye on the prize and keep going. That's beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Immigrants, they get the job done. Good job. I was trying to remember it, and I was like, I'll botch it. I was going to be like, immigrants, they work hard. (laughs) And that's why Hamilton's a hit. Uh, So my last flipped wig, I know I'm late to the party on this, but I just want to talk about Trophy Wife Barbie. Have you heard of Trophy Wife Barbie? Nope. Uh, Miley Cyrus was talking about her in like 2016. She just came into my realm of consciousness in the last like month. Uh, she is the brainchild of Canadian artist Annalise Hoffmeyer and her Instagram has like 300,000 followers. Uh, but basically 
Trophy wife Barbie is divorced. She drinks wine. She smokes weed and owns a massive arsenal of pink guns. She vomits, bleeds, and goes to the bathroom. She breastfeeds in public, has transgender friends, and frequently (laughs) gives the finger. Oh, and she has antlers sprouting from her head. (laughs) I missed it, though. Is is it an Instagram feed? What is it like? It's it's an Instagram feed, um, and she she looks like a Barbie, except she has (laughs) antlers sprouting from her head. And she's just like every post is just her in a ridiculous situation. Sometimes she has her period. (laughs) She's just amazing. I love that. Um, And her, the first post um, was, uh, let's see. She lives her wildlife publicly on Instagram. In her first post, she wields a bloody sword and clutches her ex-husband's decapitated head. The wall behind her is spattered with gore, and the caption is, Yay, my divorce went through today. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. You should check it out. People on Instagram that are that creative, like remember Carrie Dragshaw? Yes, I still follow Carrie Dragshaw. Snaps for you for like getting. Have you seen? Oh my god, my new. This is not. This is a wig, but it's. I was not planning it. There's a guy on Twitter who is taking Wheel of Fortune puzzles that are incomplete and then filling them in as though like this is what the answer is. And people that come for him and are like that letter shouldn't be there or whatever. Like if he's like one letter off, he just writes no in response. Gives no fucks, and he's only following Vanna, Pat, and Wheel of Fortune. Yes, I'll put that up on the Instagram. Yes, it's so funny. That's amazing. I um, love it. My last wig goes out to another Rolling Stone article. Okay, it's from a few months ago, but it uh, it was written by Alan Seppenwall, who I would give a slow clap to if I was not holding a microphone. Um, But he does a profile on where the good place is going in season three. Mm -hmm. And he, I just loved it so much because he's such a fucking stan of the show. And you can tell like there's people that that would dive into an article and they would research and watch a few episodes or whatever. But he has picked up on the minutia of this episode. And and by the way, the series, he's speaking with Mike Schur, who's the creator and obviously has lived and breathed this amazing universe that he's created. So the two of them just have this back and oh, forth. Oh, that's amazing. That if you've watched both seasons of the show, you will just die for every single detail that he, ca- he catches. And like, I had no idea and I'm not surprised, but there's an entire universe on like Reddit and elsewhere that like have grown obsessed with what the, what the good place is and like how it works. And is it ethical? Is it not like, Oh my God, I love and it. They just sort of scratch the surface with it, but it's such deep fandom and um, as I was looking at that, I fell down another wormhole and there I went back. This is probably from a year or so ago, but they did an oral history of the dinner party episode of The Office, mm-hmm. which have you seen that episode? Yes. Yeah. And I just rewatched it again uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it's it is they, they say it's the best episode of The Office. I think that's arguable, but it's still a fantastic episode. And that's also that one's written by Andy Green. Mm-hmm. So if you are a fan of The Good Place or a fan of the dinner party episode of The Office, these are two of the best articles I've read in a while. And Rolling Stone has been doing incredible feature writing since way, way back. But these are just two great articles that if you're a fan of either of those things, seek them out because you'll have a great read. Amazing. Two things I want to touch on real quick that I forgot about. Well, I didn't forget. This this one is brand new. Um, My friend and neighbor, Diane, told me that our coverage of Little Tay, uh, Lil Tay, excuse me, not Little Tay, Lil Tay. Lil Tay. uh, She's obsessed with Lil Tay and she's been following her since even before we talked about her. Um, But she just texted me and she said, also, where's Lil Tay? Lil Tay's Instagram (gasps) says no posts yet. Everything's been wiped. Uh Uh-oh. 
Everything's been wiped. Is little Tay okay? We don't know. TBD. Shit. I mean, that's the hottest lead we've had all week. I mean, right? we, I almost feel like we need to do a bonus episode or something. We may have to. We, we're going to... Where gonna, in the world, world is Lil Tay? Tay? This shit costs more to your rent. My toilet costs more to your rent. Everything in my bathroom costs more to your Lil rent. Lil Tay will come back as a new character, says Family Consultant, as of six hours ago on TMZ. Oh my God, she's disappeared, you guys. All right, we're going to have to dive into yeah. this. I'm so sorry. I mean, news happens. What, what are we going to do? You heard it here first. Actually, I heard it from Diane first. Oh, thank you, Diane, yeah, for being on you. top of it. But yeah, she, uh, according to TMZ, oh, she's been found to be a full-on fraud. Who would have thought that? Uh, well, I mean, it worked for her. She got 2.5 million followers. Um, and then I just want to talk about body heat for one second. And here's the thing. Apparently, Body Heat is Paul Mitchell Cross's Martin Cross. <laughs> Favorite movie of all time. Inaccurate already. Because I posted on Instagram that I hate that movie, and I stand by that. I, you're such a f***ing liar, Camille. Do you even? The first half I hate. Yeah, see, you're already, so much. you're a bad And witness. because I hate the first half so much, it makes me dislike the rest of the movie. Bad. Anyway, Paul came for me so hard. Didn't? What did I yes. even write to you? Yes. What did I even write to you? Basically, I was like, okay. delete your account. Also, did you watch it just on a whim? Uh, I don't remember why. Because I recommended it to you. So I was like, oh, that's too bad. I feel like the first thing I said to you was like, oh, that's too bad. And you were like, bitch, it sucks, bitch. <laughs> you were a little tang me. And I was like, all right, well, if she's coming for you, I'm going to come for her. And that's what happened. Bitch. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's- Body Heat's a good fucking movie. It, the last half is a fine movie. Were you the on your first phone half? for your first half? No, mm-hmm. but it's boring as shit. Well, sometimes I should have been. This is your millennial showing right now. You need to sometimes get through no. character development to, s- to get it to. It was not character development. Mm. He throws a fucking chair through a window That's to get crazy. to her. That seems crazy. And then she's like, we have to be subtle <laughs> about our relationship. But she's... There's things The that, movie's been out for 30 years. Well, people should see it and Whatever. not listen to Lindsay because she's right. The second half gets really good, but you got to get through a first half first. Yeah. To me, that makes it a flawed movie. Um, that makes you a flawed person. <laughs> well, pro- yes, I'm definitely a flawed person. <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, that's so- anyway, oh, that was fun. That was fun. Um, thanks so much for listening. As Thank always. You. If you wanted to do one more quick thing for us... Just a quickie. You could go to iTunes, rate, review, uh, send us an email at wigsandweiss.gmail.com. You can tweet us, find us on Instagram. Also, for those of you who have not caught the fire yet... The summer mix did drop. It is fire. Is it? I, are you enjoying it? I am enjoying it. I'm like probably halfway through it. At I'm this glad point. you're liking it. It's I called am. Wonderland. It's very good. And uh, there's little Easter eggs in there, all about the wonder around us, because Aww. we need to find that wonder, you guys. Absolutely. We got to reach we'll for it. Cry. We got to reach for it. So again, thank you for listening. Um, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. If you want to get in touch with us, you know where to find us. Bye. Bye, wigs. Trailhead full of zombies. I met a strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from a land down under?
sandwich. <laughs> <laughs>